Hello. Hi. Sorry. Mid crisps. Yeah. We've been moving. We're trying to find the right place to move out of the smoke. It's a quite a clear day, but a little windy. And cold. And fresh. Let's say fresh. Four degrees. Four degrees. Four degrees. Yeah. Crikey. Winter now. In Celsius, this is. Yeah. People from other countries. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Proper winter now. So and then there'll be people from other other countries. What's that? But, well, being like four degrees is not cold. Yeah. People in Canada listening, mm. going, yeah, let me know when it's really cold. Yeah, minus 40. Show your face. Mm. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're not here to talk about cold. We're here to talk about, we're going straight into it. It's not rain. going to be a waffle day. Rain. Rain. We're talking about rain. There's been a lot of rain. There is going to be more rain. It's because we live in Britain. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, it, uh, it is my constant uh, little, like, conversational tidbit with people where I'm like, I still don't understand that we live in this country with an inclement, is it inclement? Inclement. Inclement. Climate. And yet almost everybody is still somehow incredulous that it is raining, mm. as if it didn't rain last year or mm. the year before that or the year before, you know. It's just a, an odd thing that, well, we, I think the, the sort of stereotype, isn't it? It's like uh, somewhere like Sweden can cope with four foot of snowfall a night and we have three snowflakes and the mm. whole rail system shuts down but it's because we're not used to it but mm. we should be used to rain mm. surely we should be used to rain by now yes it's wet here that's why we've got good arable land and the vikings wanted it and the french wanted it and everything else because britain is arable mm. that's moist know, we are a moist <laughs> we are a moist country and i know that's gonna set some people off yeah sorry <laughs> But right. um, somebody on one of the forest school support groups on the old Facebook was having a, having a moment that I'm sure we've all felt um, going, I know forest school is supposed to be like all weathers apart from dangerously high winds, but working about to work with tiny children and the weather just looks so awful and are they going to be prepared and is it going to be horrible and are they going to hate it and what shall i do and oh, we've all been there and all had that moment of like mm -hmm. really like looking out the window in the morning and just going oh and imagining the worst yeah. and going yeah, yeah. what can i do to make this easier on everybody because i know in my heart of hearts i probably should just plow ahead but maybe i shouldn't maybe i should cancel because you know it is supposed to be fun and this is just not going to be fun and so uh, that kind of, that post, um, yeah, I sort of, my heart went out to that person and I thought, yeah, we have all been there. So I thought maybe we'd talk about some of our bad times mm -hmm. and good times about working As they relate to rain. Rain and challenging times because of that. I've um, kind of broadened mine out to like wet weather. Okay. Because I've kind of included not just the rain, but kind of the fallout from after the rain. Yeah, mud, mud, mud. Yeah, yeah so we've made some notes. Um, I'm gonna get straight in. Bad times or good times? Um, it's it's kind of I, I phrase mine as a mistake. Okay. And it's a mistake that I have made. Mm -hmm. It's a mistake that other people have definitely made. And then it's one that I think the forest school community can do more to challenge, which is this idea of like just get them out, mm -hmm. just take them out. Mm. Um, and that's why I mean it's broadened it because I was thinking about wet mud as well as mm -hmm. physically, you know, it mm -hmm. is currently raining. Um, and I think there is something to be said for that, like, 
oh, I don't know, I was going to get very patriotic and just say like a bulldog mentality of like, mm. you know, like we'll get out there and we'll fight them on the, uh, yeah. but like, you know, that kind of headstrong, let's just deal with it. Mm. But then there's also a side where I think, but you're not, the flip is kind of like, we need to meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. And there's so many factors that can play on it that it, it shouldn't just be a consideration of like, how, how rainy is it? Because if you factor it, and this is something I've done where I've kind of run sessions and gone, we're just gonna go out anyway. Whereas actually, I should have taken into account how, how well are the children equipped in terms of clothing? Yep. How well are they equipped in terms of perseverance, socially and emotionally? How mm. well are they um, equipped in terms of, uh, touching back on um, Nick Elvey's blog about class and, and yeah. we've talked before and about income, it. Income, you know, it's all very well going, oh, how come these kids don't bring their equipment and la yeah. la 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 and, and, go, and getting all shirty about it and going, how am I supposed to deliver good forest school if they're not going to bring the right equipment? It's like, actually, you don't know what's going on at home. And exactly. And, and so yeah. factoring that in and saying like, right, you know, you, we can all go, oh, kids are wiped clean and they'll warm back up when they get in the classroom. And you go, right, but if your two-hour session knock-on is that they have like no school uniform for the next day or yeah. that they've ruined school yeah, shoes that mum can't afford yeah. or dad can't afford like those and those are things that that uh, that mentality of like just get them out there yeah is is lacking is well lacking. It, you've got to it's about the long journey as well isn't it it's yes. about going well yeah you might go oh yeah today they just really need to go outside but if you're impacting on their longer journey of forest school and well-being and development in a negative way by giving them a really terrible experience in the rain yeah. um, for whatever reason then that is not beneficial in the long game and it um, might not be the experience that they have in your session it might be the experience that they feel afterwards yeah, or when yeah. they get home yeah, the or repercussions you know those with, things yeah, that knock yeah. on that we need to be considering when yeah. we think yeah is my session right to run now there's a difference between us running a session here in our woodland with uh, even so versus on a school mm -hmm. in that we're self-employed and we you know work for ourselves and stuff um, and I was I was remembering we've had some sessions that have been either so windy or so rainy or so cold that we have made the call almost for people that ten, you know we go look we'll still run the session and then half an hour in or 45 minutes in we all just go everybody's shivering we've all done really well yeah let's just call it a day yeah and in a toddler group that's very easy to do mm -hmm. and to kind of talk to parents and go how are you feeling do you want to just do you want to just call it today and, we, yeah. and we'll come back tomorrow and do all this stuff and you should be able to do that in a school as well and a good schools will um understand you know we've had i've worked in schools and had you might want to i've been a very very rainy session where most of the kids have just gone, I just can't cope with this now. And they've gone in and there's been a member of staff. Luckily, fortunately for me, there's been somebody available to be in the library with them while they did some yeah. reading and did some like crafts and stuff. But those kids that really were enjoying being out in the elements and were up for it and wanted to carry on, I was able to stay out with them. Uh -huh. And it ended up being like me and two other kids at the end of it. Um, and they were older, they were like 10, 11. Um, and those two kids got an amazing amount out of it and it was the right call for those other kids to be allowed inside and mm -hmm. both me and the school made that call together and it, luckily that was able to happen. Um, I want to go back to that point you said about like um, deciding whether a session is right to run yep. for all those reasons and you can kind of look at it I guess also in terms of um, like mediating. You, could, you can view that as risk, right? So oh, I'm kind absolutely. of interested in this yeah. idea of risk not just being using tools, using fire, climbing trees, it actually being about... 
um, confronting situations that are difficult emotionally or physically because of the the elements or around you. You know, or, you know, like maybe you have never experienced um, squelching through mud, and it feels really weird to you. That is still risk to do it and mm -hmm. and and go through that experience because it's new to you and it's alien and it's a bit scary. Um, and so, in order to like you say, meet them where they are. The ideal scenario would be that you can run the session, but you, as an experienced or um, thoughtful leader, have enough in your arsenal to mediate the risk for, tailor the risk for the individual, and make the session accessible for them. So, mm -hmm. whether that be, like you say, calling it short, or say, saying you don't have to come out, or whether it be um, making sure that you've got a hot drink like ready. So, um, working in schools again, I would not rely if it's going to be a really bad day i wouldn't rely on a fire to boil some water for those days you know, and, and you think yeah. oh oh maybe i'm i'm being a bit of a wimp here like i'm forest girl. i should it's be cheating. lighting a fire it's, it's cheating cheating it's, cheating. it's, it's like it isn't cheating they're going to need a hot drink whether or not the fire is going to work and the fire isn't going to work probably you know, maybe because it's so wet and all the rest of it so just bring a thermos already and with boiling water and make sure they have a hot drink or make sure you have a shelter which is um accessible for them and you use it and all these little things like yeah. putting in measures to yeah I'm, I'm gonna call it mediating the risk because it is and I think it also like it's factoring in um, the most valuable use of your pre-session time as opposed to your in-session time mm -hmm. so if if like th this is the thing that gets me about like it's cheating if you have boiled water or whatever mm. but you go if I'm trying to light a fire and in the rain on a you know in the middle of December that is taking me out of the session because I've got to give more and more of my attention to that mm. fire as it works less and less and it's harder and harder yep. whereas actually in that session if you just had some boiled water ready <clears> that <throat> the kids could keep topping themselves up with then you are much more valuable as a resource for emotional and perseverance support to yep. be able to run around and go yeah. that's great and let's facilitate that and they don't need a person sat next to a fire getting more and yeah. more frustrated yeah, what they yeah. need is you chi you know chivying them on yeah. and um, and then you can there's nothing to say that you can't then light the fire you've got that board water yeah. but if they yeah, decide yeah. like we want the challenge of lighting a fire in, a ra in the rain to Absolutely. see what that feels like then yeah of course you can still do that i just feel like and and there's that there's quite a lot of discussions about like how much kit you bring for a session, aren't there? We we've mm -hmm. talked about that before, yeah, yeah. and people talk about it always like, oh, what do you averagely take to a session? And I do feel like when it's weather like that, you need all of the kit that you can in terms of well-being. So yeah. you need to invest in enough cups for every kid to have a cup. You need to buy the hot chocolate or the warm squash or, or whatever your group want. You need to have all of those resources yeah. ready. Um, and there's loads of discussions as well about uh, schools which have to or choose to provide their own kit for the kids, right. which is the best kit to buy. Um, we have here a big bag of clothes that have either been donated or like our kids have outgrown and yes. stuff, don't we? Yeah. Um, and we, we haven't, well actually we, I was going to say we haven't used it recently but we used it today. Like a yeah. kid came, needed a hat, um, he was very upset and mum was a bit like, oh he's just in a really terrible mood. And I was like, mm borrow a hat because I'd be in a terrible mood if I was in this wind without my hat um, yeah. and then he perked up didn't he once he started wearing it yeah. um, so that's another thing that you just and I, kind of need to have that's for me that's kind of not a negotiable like it's more well, hassle is, for yeah. you to unload that stuff from your car or to go to charity shops and find that stuff or get it somehow but if you want to do good forest school that meets them where they are you just need that stuff and I think if we're talking about clothing one of the things the other things that I think is important for people to to feel like they've got some um, sort of gravitas with is I have run sessions in schools and it's been an unpopular decision, but if 
so if the option is there for the children to go back in as they need, mm. that's great. But if it's like you're going to send all these kids out and there's nowhere else for them to go, mm. I have said to some schools and some teachers that child can't come out in what they're wearing mm. because within 15 minutes that child will be at risk of hypothermia yeah. or yeah. so you know and and you should be able to say just as you would in any other scenario what that child is doing is not safe mm. and you know and I appreciate you know let's if you've got the bag of clothing then you can say I've got this if they put this on mm. then I'm happy that they can come out to the session or yeah. if they do this but but that some people kind of go oh they uh, might feel maybe that however the children arrive they've got to take them and then deal with that mm. actually you should be able to say no that isn't safe in my session yeah i can't you know you are going to do yourself long lasting damage if mm. you you know if your circulation goes down and if you yeah. end up getting that was on my kind of illness that was on my bad times list so i had like three things relating to that in terms of um like leggings mm-hmm. like Aren't leggings wonderful? They like move with you. They're really comfortable. They're really great. But then when kids are wearing just leggings, like that happens so often. And when they get wet, like they are, it's worse than being naked because Mm. they're just saturated. They're wicking heat. They wick heat away from you. And you know, and the slightest wind blows, and you are you are at risk of exposure. You know, and um, and the only time I have in Britain had any kind of experience like that personally is when I was doing the two malls way when I was about 15 and I just had the the like really rubbish kit that I'd been lent by people I didn't have any walking boots so I had just like some boots you know yeah. kind of yeah, Timberland yeah. style but cheap from the armor circle shop so really heavy and not waterproof I had a really rubbishy cagoule no waterproof trousers and just normal clothes yeah um because I didn't have a lot of money to invest in that equipment I didn't know about the what, what the right equipment was um so that's just what I had and um and it wasn't that cold it was summer it was August but we were walking across and it wasn't even the like really exposed bit of Exmoor it was right. a bit more where the villages are and yeah yeah a bit of road walking that can in be Tarka worse though country. sometimes it channels oh the wind doesn't it oh so we were just walking and I was wet like my feet were soaking every bit of me was completely soaking I was carrying a heavy pack and it was about like day five out of seven and um and I did like I did get poorly I was all right I didn't have to go to the hospital or anything but I was sitting on like a tumble dryer in this place at the campsite where we got to in the end just shaking couldn't really talk I went really like you into shaking myself. because the tumble dryer was on <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, if yeah, that situation yeah. carried yeah. on, then I can see how that would have led to hypothermia. And that was just from being wet. Like, yeah. it wasn't even winter time, um, and that kind of hit home for me how dangerous it can be just to be in wet clothing, and especially for kids where they might not be um, as aware of what's going on in their bodies. So you see mm. that with really little children often, where they're like, "I'm fine. I don't want to wear the gloves. Or I don't want to wear the hat. Oh, I don't want to." And they're playing and they're playing and they're playing and they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. And then suddenly they crash because they haven't had those yeah. messages from their uh, senses to tell their brain, "Oh, this isn't right. I need to to change." And that mm. can also be really dangerous. So that is a that's a tricky thing, isn't yeah. it? When kids won't wear the appropriate stuff for yeah. other sensory reasons or just because they've decided they don't want to that day that's really challenging yeah and I don't really have any well I think the, the answer, the, the answer that. for that situation I think varies between if you're in a toddler group you can obviously suggest to the parent and pass that onus on and say I don't think that you know I think mm. you know as I did to a parent today I just went his hands are kind of red do you mm. do you want a pair of gloves or mm. have you got a pair of gloves or whatever if you're in a school I think you then have to pass that back on to the school mm-hmm. and you need to say you know this isn't going to be safe in the set yeah. you know um it's i think if you were out doing sessions 
in a bit of woodland and you knew no parents were going to be there to pick up in a couple of hours, I think that is a tricky situation. But again, you might need to do something where as the children arrive, you're just doing a little mental assessment mm -hmm. before their parents leave. Yeah. Of, And sometimes that can be hard because... Um, particularly here the wind can make the, the weather change quite a lot mm. and quite often bef uh, for like holiday clubs um, as parents have dropped off it's been quite a nice sunny morning and I have just said to them it is due to tip it down mm. at one this afternoon can I just check have they got waterproofs and will they be okay putting them on or do they need to, you know have they got spare boots or whatever yeah whatever my kind of assessment is that that's what they need today and if they haven't got it to go to have the kind of uh, it's not, it's not dignity, is it? It's kind of the like, um, I'm not sure what the word is, but the kind of, the sense and the confidence to say, I'm really sorry, I'll give you a refund or, yeah. or whatever it is, but, but that child will be ill if, mm. if, if they come today. And, and we have had, uh, do you remember in home ed session, we yes. had a child yes. who did get incredibly cold and, and that wasn't about refusing to wear the right kit that was also about refusing to um, do the activities that would yes. that were necessary so that's the other thing it's about um, knowing sensing that you need to do some active stuff whether that is playing a running around game or chopping some firewood or doing something that's physically active when uh, children often have the reverse inclination. They're going, I feel, I don't feel quite right. I'm feeling cold. Not just I children. Just Parents quite often will come and sit around our fire circle. Yes. And our fire circle is, I mean, we're sitting in front of it now. I would estimate two metres from the, mm. the fire to the bench. I don't know in what theory they, they think that a two metre away fire will do anything mm. to warm them. But there's also that thing which um, I was told on training about... Um, not using the fire for warmth which yes, i think was a absolutely. really good point and it's one that if you were just an adult coming to a session without forest school training you might not necessarily be aware of that it might be there for that hugger feeling and that feeling of like oh we've got the fire and it's there and it's really nice to look at and it makes me feel warm but if you are using the fire as your sole source of heat on a cold day then you're going to end up with accidents because people are huddling around it they're, t they're far too close to it you want somebody to be appropriately dressed and engaged in the appropriate activity that they are warm enough without having to stand you yeah. know two feet from the fire and just staying there because that is not sustainable um yeah but yeah, often then, you know, you know, you will feel better if you run around and let's play this game, let's do it. And you're full of energy and enthusiasm. And they're just like, no, this is horrible. I just want to sit still and maybe have like a cuddle from my caregiver, which is like going to sustain it, you for a bit. But actually, and you know, it was a 12 year old boy, wasn't it? Yeah. That, um, and it falls into your home first days. so cold. You know, one of the things we did on my first day training was spotting signs of hypothermia, you know, and it's a change of personality or it's mm. slowing down or something else that you might kind of, you might assess that as, oh, they're not in engaged in my session or they're not involved in the activity. But actually, that is a legitimate first aid yep. symptom, just as much as like blood on the finger is. Yeah. Um, and then I think that feeds into one of the things that I thought uh, has been... So it was a mistake and has become kind of a success, if you like, was um, that after a few years we've now worked on um, having some permanent sort of shelters that are other than... So we've got a big parachute over the fire pit, but we've also got like a, a freestanding kitchen with quite a heavy tarp on it and some walls that block all the wind, of, wind out. It's not a building, it's kind of... They're, they're um, what are they called? Like willow hurdles. Yeah. But they cut out all of the wind so that we've got a wind-free space with a roof on it. And we have had some sessions where... I mean, if you want to look through our videos on Facebook, it won't take you long to find it. There is one of absolutely like Torrential. cinema level 
You know, like you could have gone outside and done a heroic speech level of rain and being able to sit in there with a, st with a frontier stove on, so the chimney's going out and the smoke's not staying in, um, was a real success. And I think that ties into what you're saying about having, uh, thinking not just like, uh, are they dressed for it, but kind mm. of, it's another level of like, right, we had some children on that day who, if we'd said, right, let's all do some star jumps, let's run around, would have sat very still and gone, no, yeah. I don't really want to. So then you've got to mediate for that or, and, mm -hmm. and go, or mediate or mitigate, whatever the word is, and go, right, if you're not going to move, I need yeah. to make you a shelter yeah. that, that, you know, that you can stay in. And, and having a few shelters that are out of the wind and out of the rain mm. for children that you can't G up into yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, the word is mitigate. I was saying mediate loads last time. That's okay. a different word, isn't it? It is mitigate. Mitigating mitigate. the risk, mitigating not mediating against the it. risk. That's yeah. something different. Um, you know, I think that is a thing that people sometimes overlook is that, that element that, like, getting wet is one thing, but getting wet and then the wind making you cold. Yeah. So having a space that even if the kids do jump in some puddles, that they can then come into that space, mm. be out of the wind, yeah. and kind of regenerate from there. So I see lots of... Um, setups on Instagram or, or Facebook and things where it's a, a you know a big tarp and they go oh getting ready for the rain torrential rain today and I kind of want to go yeah you need some walls or uh, hopefully some wa or, or tarps on an angle so that you can, can be behind I, them can I talk about a bad time yes please do <laughs> talk about the bad time so I was working in school school playing field basically flat few trees around the edge um, and there was no permanent shelter at all and so I built my top shelter in the middle of the field and I knew it was going to absolutely shed it down and had tops on the floor because it, it had been raining for a long time so the floor was really muddy as well and um, you know and I was like I think I've planned my session pretty well I think I know what I'm doing it's all fine and then the class were reception and year one children and considering it's in a school and if they're if it's even drizzling it's wet play we're staying indoors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so for them going outside in their school on their school premises in the rain was itself the most exciting and crazy thing ever so they, they came out with that expected level of just like ah! they literally came out mm. <laughs> at that level i was like okay okay everyone go back into school for one second go back into i need to tell you about the top shelter i've made mm -hmm. Here is the top shelter. It needs to be big enough for like 30 of you. So I have, it's a flat school field. I've tied like one side of it to the fence, but the other side has some, it's got some poles, you know, like top mm -hmm. poles mm -hmm. that come with the set and you've tent pegged the mid guy ropes and stuff. It's like, like we're going to use the shelter. We're going to start there. But if we pull on the shelter, it is just going to collapse. So can we do that? Can we all not pull on the shelter? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, off we go. Ah! <laughs> Pulling the shelter down, like poles smacking kids on the head, like, just horrendous. Okay, we're gonna try that again. We're all gonna right. We can't do that because we're not gonna have anywhere to shelter and blah 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 blah. They just could not do it. They were so hyper and that was the only shelter. And after that session, um, as I reported back to the school, um, some parents very, very kindly volunteered their time to then put a permanent shelter over this kind of seating area right. and built it and properly um felted the top of it and stuff. So we had a place that was solid because there was no way you couldn't expect behaviorally those like no, you know no, no. four five six-year-olds to be like okay that's fine we're outside in the rain and it's really muddy and slidey and we will sit respectfully in your tarp shelter that you have spent 30 minutes 
Also, you know, it's new. It's new us, and it's fun and exciting. You know, yeah, but you know. that was just like, oh, where do I go from here? I don't. I can't actually really remember. What did you do in the session after they pulled it down? I'm trying to remember because that memory of the of the shelter just being like. Does it then come up and just says footage not found? Yeah, trauma. basically yes. I can remember what the shelter looked like on the ground, and I can remember the children kind of tunneling under it and collecting water on it, and then flicking the water off and doing all that kind of stuff. I can't like really. Great fun. Yeah, it was really fun, and nobody got hypothermia or exposure. It was all fine, um, but it was that kind of like. I was really hoping. I was really hoping it was going to be fine. Oh, it wasn't fine. My expectations were way out of line but you know what else could I have done at that time like I tried sometimes you have to best. have those horrible experiences you do though, because that then you know partly it's a learning it, experience it, it's a learning experience and partly it steals you against kind of like next time you go out and some kids are a bit like that you, it's almost a bit of a this is nothing mm. right I've had yeah. I've had X or I've had you know whatever and yeah. um, it does that does tie quite nicely into one of the things that I wrote which is um not just the physical considerations for the people, mm -hmm. but the physical considerations for your site. Mm -hmm. So, um, rain, I'm not saying you shouldn't run a session on your site if it's raining because there'll mm. be erosion or mm. there'll be whatever, but it's something that you need to factor in. Definitely. Um, and something that you need to factor in even more so if you're working on a school site. Yeah. Because you are not you there, trash it. you know, even if it's, even if it's like, you, you know, oh, this is the forest school area and they only use it for your forest school sessions. Mm. If you have two-hour session in unfettered in the rain, you could absolutely destroy your forest football, school space football, for the yeah. for the next year, for the next two yeah. years. Yeah. You know, you can you can really do some stuff like that, and um, and just thinking about so that's one of the considerations, and then considerations that I have here um, in our woodland is that we've got um, as we've we, you know we use paths rather than rotating the site, we have quite clear paths that we use and whatever else but that does mean that tree roots in those paths get more and more exposed mm. and so when it's raining although i want to do running games i'm also factoring in those are going to be some tree roots sticking up one they might trip Very over them slippery. and two they're so slippery mm. and you, you know and, and it's, it's damaging the trees which is then yes. making them another risk because they're ill because you've been trampling their roots for months and it's yeah whatever and again let's get the caveat i'm not saying you shouldn't go in the woods when no, it's raining but that is another thing that gets a lot of discussion on the support groups is like how do you deal with mud on your site and yeah. um and our answer has been wood chip donated by very friendly local tree surgeons and i definitely yeah. recommend that to everybody as uh, you know if you haven't done that already um tr you will find somebody who knows somebody who is a tree surgeon and whenever they fell stuff locally they'll have a massive load of wood chip um so if you get them to deliver and then get a couple of volunteers to spread it around All and kids. the kids love doing yeah. it as well we did it today didn't we and yeah um and the kids like enjoyed we called it putting the blankets on the trees and yeah. covering up their yeah. roots because it's cold and um, their roots have become exposed and it is a kind of never-ending task um, but, but it's quite a fun one and it keeps that. them warm too so yeah. it is um yeah and that kind of solved our muddy path problem didn't it I really there's always a thing there's always someone putting up a funny photo of uh, muddy tarps you know that whole oh, like yeah. horror of working in schools or working in a site where you have to take things away again yeah, yeah, we yeah. are so lucky that we don't have to do that here and that most stuff can either stay up or it can be put away in an outdoor storage area yeah. um where or just it hang it up to, and let it yeah, rain on it it doesn't have it. to go in our cars it doesn't have to be dragged in it doesn't hang up to dry in our houses like oh my lord that is not a fun you are troopers people that yeah, people that do respect. all of that hats off to you it is not fun um 
I remember starting in schools. Do you remember mm-hmm. when I made those sit mats out of old like yoga <laughs> yeah. mats? Kneel- yeah, you cut oh, the kneel- like kneeling mats and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I got some really cheap kind of camping roll mats. And because um, again, at the school at the time, didn't have any sort of seating area at all. So I had to set up a tarp shelter and then have little sit mats. And uh, first session, I was like, oh, look at this. I'll take a photo of it. Look at these little blue mats around oh, yeah. in a circle. And there's my fireball. And it's all lovely, lovely. And then, um, yeah, I just hadn't, because I wasn't experienced, hadn't foreseen, oh, the kids are not going to follow instructions about, we're just going to sit on the mats. We're not going to walk across them with our muddy boots. Oh, no, they're not actually surfboards. We're not going to use them. (laughs) I remember, like, putting them into a bin bag and hosing them off in the garden, spending, like, half a day hosing down these flipping mats, both sides, and hanging them on the washing line, and then you just know it's going to happen immediately again. It's just like, oh, lordy. Do you know what? This is is slightly off topic, but it makes me um, think about... uh, Something that irks, irks me of of the social media is photos of um, tough trays. Oh yeah. And when they're set up all beautifully. Yeah. And it, it it's something I'm something deep inside me goes yeah but the kids are gonna come in and like what's the point show me it after they've used it so and I had the same kind of thing when I saw your picture of all the all mm. the lovely it's and you know you get the stuff people still do a forest school sites when they're like look we're set up for our toddler group and I want to go show me it. 10 minutes after they've left. And that's what I want to see. I want to see how did it work? What was it like? Can you see the wren in the mud kitchen? I can see a wren in the oh. mud kitchen. Making some... No, it's the wind making the pans knock. Yeah. But yeah, she she's, doing, she's doing some cooking. Hey, Jenny. She's getting ready. Hey, Jenny. Um, one of the other things I uh, have... I'm still working on, and it's a, a fine line. Oh, no, no, no. It's not fine line. It's a spectrum, I guess, of... um. Uh, prepping yourself for the rain mm-hmm. not just thinking not just you know solely blinkery looking at the 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 kids and going right what will they need and what will they do and whatever else and actually thinking however much of a job you have this as you know i know some people listening do it one afternoon a week some people just wish they could do it and mm-hmm. some people you know and then we're at the other end of the spectrum where we're in five days a week um doing this and so the level of gear that you buy yourself mm. varies, mm-hmm. and I I'm always torn between, um, but looking at it and going, oh, I do this five days a week. It's worth investing in good base layers, good whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, and getting myself kitted out. But then on the other hand, I look at that and I go, well, if I'm absolutely kitted up to the nines, then um, when the kids get cold, I'm str- I will struggle to empathise. Mm. Or not struggle to empathise because I'll obviously get it that they're cold. But mm. what I mean is that, you know, you won't notice. I won't, I'll be quite content. Yeah. Whereas if you're wearing similar clothing to the children, you're more on a level oh, ground. I know what you're saying. And that's, and that's really hard. I and know I'm what not, you're saying, you know, but I would always go with the get your own well, gas mask. Yeah, first. definitely that because then you are in a position to to give. Because one of the things I was going to talk about was, um, I know that everyone has their own style of forest school leadership and you know and not all of us are um, confident or enjoy things like singing and storytelling and all that kind of stuff but when it is challenging conditions and rainy and cold I kind of rely on that more I'd say and be ready to especially like on a school field where you haven't got all those resources or haven't got like oh hey this is fun let's all get really involved in this when it's more there's less stimulus if you like um, then at least you know if I get everybody together and we're all drinking a hot drink and we're going to sing a song together or we're going to tell a story or whatever it's that input that pays off and you think you need to be I think so I think 
I can't imagine running a session without that up my sleeve if it's needed, if you see what I mean. Like, yeah. like it happened yesterday. It happened yesterday, yeah. I think. What happened yesterday? Yes, what was it happened yesterday. yesterday. So yesterday, <laughs> it was forecast to oh, be yeah, beautiful yeah. sunshine, oh, yes, yes, a yes, bit yes, cold, yes. but beautiful blue sky and sunshine all day. And then it started to oh, rain. Oh, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the kids no, were like, it's not actually rain, it is, it is hail. Like, it is freezing. It, suddenly the wind came up and out of nowhere, there was this, like, yeah. very heavy, icy rainstorm. And so we all ducked into the kitchen and uh, got a fire in the frontier stove really quickly. And then some children found that really difficult. They were like, well, why, why are we stopping? And I was just like really honest. I was like, well, I don't really want to be out in that right now. <laughs> we were, we yeah. were playing human skittles at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it just came out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, we're just kind of being here. And some children find that very hard. I was like, I can't be just, you know, hiding in the, <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah. But then spontaneously you were like, oh, we finished. We got to that part. We got to uh, half that a story. unfinished story. Do you remember? Yeah. And then you launched into that, and that was a thing to do, and that was really nice, and it was funny, and they were. It was a funny story, and they were laughing, and it was a real. I know I use the word hugger a lot, but I just think it's such a crucial part of forest school. It's part of that. Um, that just experience mm -hmm. for me. I can't imagine forest school without storytelling and music and those moments of togetherness where you're sharing something. Um, in a very ancient way and it's warming you from the inside yeah, yeah, and it's boosting yeah. your morale and it's taking your mind off of all the physical unpleasantness um, and it's yeah sharing something together in a really vital way so if I, I would oh yeah that's my old my personal take on that and you yeah. know you have to have you know you have to be in a good place to be able to pull that out of the bag yeah if you well. are cold or hungry exactly. or you know wet yourself wet yourself <laughs> <laughs> if you've wet yourself, it's really hard to run a session, is my, yeah. is my takeaway. Um, no, no, but I do know what you mean. It's very difficult to... Um, sometimes, I, I related it this morning to a parent about, the, you know, we talk about emotional bank accounts. Yeah. And I kind of think that sometimes the rain is taken from your bank account and then the wind is taken from your bank account. And then if storytelling sometimes can be quite a taxing thing, especially if, if you're... Sometimes storytelling feels like you're just rolling a ball down a hill. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like you are pushing a log up a hill because yeah. you're just go working against it. But Yeah. That happened to me the other day in kindergarten where I was like, I started telling a story. And then no one was Oh, listening. you just turned around and to me and were like... And then people were like, it was a good show. I was like, okay, I'm taking off the storytelling hat. I'm just going to stop. Yeah. You just got all the And it. then you said something that made me go, oh, no, I should carry on. I should try it again. So I just tried it again and it did work in the end. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah. that was but if you if you have, like, you know if your focus is on keeping yourself warm or something, yeah. it's very hard to then be like, let me act this out or let me do yeah. whatever. So uh, yeah, I, talk I, really loudly with a lot of big deep breaths, and it, it does expend a lot of energy if you're. It does. It do, and it, and and a lot of um, you know, it sort of feeds into that that thing we sometimes talk about when you're storytelling of like you might change the story based on the sort of facial or. Uh, physical feedback that you're getting from your audience you know are they are they laughing are they watching what you're doing are they doing whatever else and it kind of ties into that and just in terms of like oh have they stopped shivering maybe now or are they yeah. are they no longer kind of itching to get to get going or then you know they're not thinking about their wet boots for yeah. for 10 minutes because you've taken them away somewhere else yeah. in the in the story yeah yeah, yeah. that's um, kind of what i mean it's like yeah take them on a imaginative journey yeah. um, I think I mean it goes without saying it's quite obvious but a good thing about being out in weather like that and like surviving and being resilient and um, you know you've made all of those calls about are they wearing the right stuff do I carry on 
all that kind of shizzle and then I just had a really good session with some kids in a primary school once where um, I think it was like I think some parents were coming to pick up and so were watching maybe it was an after school club or something and I remember the parents just their faces they were like approaching school just like oh in the headlong wind and rain and just looking like oh and then looking across at what we were up to and we were doing um, tarp races where mm-hmm. you're in two yeah. teams and kids are standing on one tarp and then they've got another tarp they throw in front of them get the whole team on the next tarp pick up the one behind la 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 to the end of the field in the driving rain and wind and they were just like loving their heads off go, 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 come on, go, go, go. that yeah. kind of team spirit thing and um and it being like that was more fun because of the rain yeah if that had just been an, a normal sunny calm day that would have been like yeah there was a thing that we did but well that kind of my last note that i had was um for m- more for people who have their own site but but also for people who sort of are setting up stuff and um i do think it's important to have uh play opportunities that are only available when it's raining mm. and um one of the things that we have on our site is things like big muddy puddles or you know we've got a big hole that's got a, like a stream that comes out of it but if it's not raining that stream is not full yeah and if it's not massively raining then the mud kitchen is not full yeah. and and having things that like you can point to the you know sometimes the children are like, oh there's not much water in the mud kitchen you can go no no it hasn't rained for a little bit has it yeah and if you're always providing water then you're not giving them an opportunity to experience a positive response mm-hmm. to rain yep. and so uh i think we've got to the point now where sometimes when it's raining and children turn up um, I'm thinking, you know, older children on a Saturday or, or home ed groups, they come arrive, they kind of arrive, and because it's raining, they're like, we can do this today! Yeah. And go, they quick, come with, you know, to the hole, we're going to go to the digging hole, or, yeah. you know, we're going to make a, we're going to go down the mud slide, and we, yeah. it's stuff that you go, you can't do that when it's yeah. not raining. That yeah. isn't there for you. And, and having them kind of like, not miss it, but it's almost like if you put a, a board game in a glass cabinet, and you went like we're not getting that out today yeah. you know like you, you know they might come back the following week and it won't be raining and they're like can we do mudslides again you know like, well no because no, it's not raining mm-hmm. it's not that's not the thing um and so that is i think if i want to leave it i want to leave this sort of discussion on the positives of like mm. there are so many more play opportunities that yeah. exist in the rain and yeah. not just play opportunities that are like despite the rain mm-hmm. play opportunities that actually yeah. work to the better you know to the benefit of it being raining yeah and you might um that might be a piece of advice as well if you're working on a a school site or early on with a group that um it's a bit the flip side of what i was saying before about you need loads of you need prep and kit about like hot drinks and cups and clothing but you may actually need to do less like not necessarily less planning but um more time for open-ended free play Mm -hmm. in your planning because they will the environment will provide those opportunities yeah. naturally and the children want to ex- explore that and that's what for all school the, is all about all the it? physical sensations are different you know walking from a to b is very different in the rain as it is in you know the middle of a heat wave in summer and it always strikes me as interesting how um in the in the uk in the early years curriculum like pouring and moving materials is like a large component of, oh, of, yeah. of the curriculum and then you move into key stage one and there's there's some mentions of it but not really but then you get some you know eight nine year olds out in the rain they want to pour stuff yeah. pouring is an exciting yeah. experience and they i want to pour stuff you know and it's that mastery play and it's that i'm 39 you know mixing of <laughs> potions and combining materials and that stuff 
which doesn't go away when they turn five or six. It, it is still there, and somehow the rain... We've talked before about forest oh, school yes. being, you know, a, a, it's sort of a leveller. Yeah. But the, the rain makes it okay to play down Definitely. in a way that your peers will not go, eh, you're pouring to make a potion, eh, yeah, 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 we're going to go off and have I've a fag or something. But I, I, I've I, just had an amazing memory of, like, year six do boys. Do tell me. So, because, so, the, I put on the, when we were writing our notes before this, it was like bad times, good times, and mud was in the middle, and it's in the middle for bad times, oh, for yeah. muddy tops, and your site getting trashed, and all the rest of it, but it's on the good, because um, I just remembered where, yeah, a group of year six boys who had always been a little bit like, uh, yeah, not necessarily... A bit too cool for school. Yeah, a little bit too cool, too cool for school, um, and it was just early on in my relationship with them, where we just didn't have much connection yet, and... Um, they spent the whole session making the most intricate mud food mm-hmm. and giving it all names. They they were really like they were made up words. Yep. I can't remember any of them now, but they were like kind of making balls of mud and they and they all had these like alliterative weird new words mm-hmm. they conjured up and they were selling them and they were making them and then that evolved into a like throwing the mud ball at the target and it's splatting and then and all this kind of different pancakes and I, I was just so surprised that they would engage exactly as you're describing mm. in that kind of play which you might expect from younger children usually well, but actually the, what they were creating was so you needed that manual dexterity yeah. there's no way a five-year-old could have made what they were making they would it was art you know they were making these crazy crazy and it was english because they were making up these words and it was poetry yeah, yeah. and it was just a moment of loveliness well i think so one of the things that has stuck with me that my, one of the sort of uh, when i became a dad one of the things that my mum said to me was um Oh, always keep some of their toys that they stopped playing with about six months ago because if they're ever ill mm. that's what they will go to mm-hmm. and I wonder if again sort of leaning on a bank account metaphor if the rain is taking away some of your you know you're focusing some of your energy on that mm-hmm. you can no longer operate at your highest social level or your highest mm-hmm. um, physical level and so as a result you're the, the the flow state moves down. Maybe, yeah. I, I wonder if there's something of you know, if you're if you're focusing some of the energy on right, I'm gonna keep warm and do whatever yeah. you you don't have the energy to to negotiate, well why is Sophie being a bit weird with me today? You just gotta yeah, go down yeah. to like, right, let's make a kitchen, yeah. let's make mud. Yeah. This is happy. I do think there is something about like the physical sensation of it being a bit like mu- like mucky and filthy and not and messy your expectations of everything, including yourself, are mm. lowered. And so you're kind of like, ah, let's just go for it. Like yeah. all of my ego is kind of gone a bit and, and it becomes a bit of a, a show sometimes for some children. Yeah. It's like, well, look how muddy I've got. And for some children, that's the moment they kind of break out of their shell a little bit. And you see, oh gosh, they're really way more hardy than I thought or funny than I thought or whatever, yeah. because it's the moment they've drenched themselves like the other day at Toddlers yeah. um, in the puddles or they've, just gone, I don't care, I'm just going to spread my mud on my face. Mm. Although, on the bad times Go on. list has got to be like mud fights on school Oof. grounds. Oh, how the heck do you manage that? Because on the one hand, you're like, this is so joyous. Look at this. They're just engaged in nature and it's amazing. On the other hand, you're like, oh God, these parents have to like clean these clothes and hang on, that mud ball's got a rock in it and all that stuff. And it's just Do you like, know what oh. I have seen that is quite good? So yeah. I'll give some options for people because somebody, somebody has just listened to that and gone, yes, that's my group. Mm. So options that I have seen that I think would work well are um, a completely vertical 
so like a like a wall yeah clear tarp yeah and children standing either side of it mm -hmm. so they can still see each other mm -hmm. and you can have games of walking around and you can poke your tongue out and you can cane mud at it mm -hmm. as hard as you possibly can knowing that the other person isn't getting muddy mm -hmm. um extension from that sometimes we have i have with groups made um <laughs> almost effigies mm -hmm. like wooden yeah. dummies and gone right let's cane this let's give it a name who is this it's jeffrey all right let's smash jeffrey with mud and yeah. do whatever and channel it that way um or just going right a bit like we were saying earlier of you need to be in the right clothes to come out in the rain you need to be in the right clothes to have a mud fight mm. and so i uh, sometimes have said you are in an all-in-one mm -hmm. you know a onesie waterproof thing there is very little chance of any mud yeah hitting you so you can go and have a mud fight with anybody else that's in, in that thing. Mm. And then you kind of get into, well, there's stones in the mud. Okay, mm. so w can we take mud from a certain place so there's no stones? Or can we agree that if we... Yeah, put, you it's know, just like next level dynamic risk assessment, isn't it? it? Is, in terms it because is. you never... You might predict that they'll, they're, oh, they probably are going to do that today and then they don't. Or it's the quiet ones that you think, oh, they'd never do that. Or it's the one wearing the, you know, pristine pink leggings. And, you know, you can never... Uh, oh, can I tell you a bad story? Yeah. It was my second ever forest school session. Yeah. And I was working in a school and they uh, had a non-uniform day. Yeah. I did not know it was non-uniform day because I was out on the field. Mm -hmm. So a group of children arrived for the forest school session in uh, October. Yeah. And they were all in what I looked at and I went, those are not school uniforms. Mm -hmm. Those must be their forest school clothes. Yeah. Cue mudslides on their belly you know these yeah, are six-year-olds yeah. mudslides on their bellies um slapping it on the trees L literally caking their legs doing yeah. the thing where you put mud on and then you scrape tattoos off yeah. so you can do whatever absolutely loved it they yeah. were all head to toe in mud yeah. went back in next week and the head came out and went i think we might need to tone the mud down i did have some complaints from a parent who'd sent their child in branded Disney dresses yeah. because it was non-uniform day yeah. and she hadn't got to, you know, uh, 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 so yeah. they hadn't told me it's non-uniform, this is their non-uniform. Yeah. So I'd just gone, okay. Yeah. I don't, I, and I yeah. must not have seen that child, yeah. you know, particularly closely in order to go, why are you wearing a blue, you yeah. know, I don't know, Cinderella dress. dress or yeah. whatever. Um, so that was my kind of like, yeah. it was like getting a slap on the wrist. Yeah, that always happens with mud just... though. You're always going to get that. You're going to get, even if they are in their forest school clothes, there's just conversation after conversation you have to be emotionally ready for with the school. And I guess yeah. it's maybe easier if you already work in the school as a member of staff, but if yeah. you're an outsider coming in, they're all, and I would say probably as a piece of advice, just preempt it all the oh, time. Yeah. Just have those conversations. There's nothing worse than it waiting till the next week and them going, actually, the caretaker was spitting because they've yeah. traped the mud through the school. And so, Put that plan in because they won't have thought of it guaranteed like the staff the head the other you know the non-outdoors teachers will not necessarily have pictured absolute mud monster Carnage. children who have been rubbing the mud in their hair as shampoo because they can and they're just waiting that's the other thing isn't it yeah, it's like yeah. especially at the beginning of a um forest school um journey with some children they're just like oh how far can i push this at what what point is someone going to tell me to stop yeah no one's telling me to stop oh my okay and so they will go past what you know some element of common Same. sense sanity might, <laughs> yeah, might be Absolute telling them to insanity. do past what you would do if you were out in the woods with your mate at the weekend yeah that's the thing because it's in school and it is about boundary pushing and that then it's not necessarily like i don't know it's a tricky one isn't it yeah yeah um and it's just keeping those uh those channels of communication open with the school and going okay what do you want us the plan to be do you want them to do this are you going to hose them off outside are you have you got a yeah. place 
especially in the rain because it's like well they're going to take their outdoor kit off but then it's going to get soaking and you know all those kind of yeah, like yeah. and also things. as well as preempting that with the school preempt it by and if i would recommend this if you can follow the class out to the gate at the end of the day and, and catch and, and talk to parents and try and find out from the school who are the parents that i need to talk who's mm. going to be the ones that i need to go and say do you know what this was incredible he made a mud tower that's taller than his head and mm. you know and 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 preempt it with how positive it was so that their immediate thing is how amazing it is it's not... worth washing all of this stuff for yeah. it's really annoying for me and it's a real hassle but it was worth it because they had a great time rather than just their their perception of it is not the same as yours yours is yours is all like wonderful nature connection and yeah. development and stuff and theirs is holy lord they've they're been seeing, out they're seeing errands they're seeing jobs with some dude or do, dude woman uh, who's just let them I often be think insane. of you as a dude woman. I am a dude woman. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what, why, what is this? And now I have to deal with the fallout. So, uh, yeah, that is good yeah. advice, definitely. So, yeah. Definitely. Cool. Cool. It's getting cold now. Yeah. Gonna call it now. Home time. Okay. Bye. If you're in the UK and you want to come down to Children of the Forest in person and do a little bit of training with us, we've got a load of dates on all the way through this next academic year. If you go to our Facebook page or our website, you'll be able to see all the dates and the titles of the courses and make sure you've got your ticket as soon as possible. They're all small groups so that we can do as much personalised learning as possible. In March, we've got a course on storytelling, music and drama. In April, a course in general outdoor learning involving a level one in forest school qualification. In May, we've got an outdoor cooking course. And in June, we've got an introduction to whittling. And if you feel like going for the big fish and you want to start your own forest school or become a qualified leader, in April this year we're starting our level three training courses. So you can come down to Children's Forest for a whole week and spend some time with me and Gemma and learn how to run our very own forest school. So to find out all the dates and to get booked into those courses, go either to our Facebook page or to our website, which is childrenoftheforest.com.